Hello, hello everyone. This is Alice and this is Carol. And this is our podcast called Pickles and Ramen. So today we're going to be talking about um, what takes away your energy <laughs> and, and what brings you energy. Perfect. So let's start off with start with like what drains your energy I always think it's like really important to like define like the negative before the positive like what's taking away from me in order to figure out like what I need to replace that I like that yeah so what is it okay I was thinking about this earlier and I think that like what drains my energy like one of my pet peeves is like being around people that don't listen like wholeheartedly listen. Yeah. Like kind of just like railroad a conversation and I'm just kind of like stuck sitting here waiting for like a space or a breather to like jump in and like share my thoughts on the topic, but like it just never happens. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. I think you were talking earlier about like having to fight to be heard. Right. Or like what's the extent you're going to go to in order to feel heard in the people that you're surrounded by. Yeah. And, like, as you're saying that, I'm thinking about, like, fighting to be heard, right? And, like, how so many things are, like, connected to childhood, possibly. Right. So, like, why is that a pet peeve of mine? Like, why does that bother me more than, say, the next person in line? And part of that probably has to do with, like, growing up in an environment where it's, like, you're seen, not heard. Mm, That's tough. Yeah. And so, growing up like that, it's like, okay... I'm seen, not heard. Now I'm an adult. Now I have a choice and I'm around people. So one of the things that did for me, I feel like, is it made, it made me a better listener. Mm -hmm. It, one of the benefits of growing up like that, like, uh, helped me to become like an acute observer. Right. And gave me the skill of being able to listen effectively, but also like, where's the give and take in that? Right. You kind of just had to learn how to give yourself what you didn't need. So you kind of give it to other people. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And like, where's that line? Like, where do you just like jump in and say your spiel in the conversation? Right. You know, that's interesting. I know I grew up in a space that's very much like I was, wasn't seen or wasn't heard. And so now when I'm in a space that allows me to be that way, it's very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I wanted it as a kid. I didn't get it. But now that I have it, I don't want it. It's very confusing. Right. And you were talking earlier about like learning how to accept that. Right. And that kind of goes along with like grace. I think you mentioned grace, like unmerited favor and, and learning how to just accept that in life too. Yeah. That's a huge thing. Um, back to something that drains my energy would be having to put up a front in front of people I'm not fully comfortable around. Mm. Um, Just being surrounded by people that kind of don't fit, I guess, where I'm at in my life, right? And having to pretend to be this person or this version of myself for all of these different people that need something from me that I'm, like, killing myself to give. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's been a journey of, like, learning to step away and let people do things on their own without me stepping in and like doing it for them yeah yeah it's that like relinquishing control and I think for all of us like I know for me just like wearing like the hat and the mask and just how heavy that becomes and 
losing sense of like who I truly am and my authentic self, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Cause I have some experience with that too. And it's like, I was writing down earlier today, you know, in the morning, I like to try to write like a little bit of gratitude and just kind of like an overall affirmation that I want to live by for the day. And the affirmation I wrote down today was peace at any price. Yes. And that price, like I associate that with like, you know, to thy own self be true, like showing up fully who I am and not sacrificing that. Right. You know, for other people. And that is just like a moment to moment, day to day intention. Yeah. But that's a big feat to show up fully as you are. Yeah. And like to protect your peace at any price. Because that goes, that can also potentially go for like family members too, right? For me personally, like sometimes my world is chaotic because of the people that I'm closest to Mm -hmm. or related to. Um, But yeah, those are all good things. Yeah. Boundaries, like where do you draw the line and with who? And how do you keep boundaries with people who don't respect them? Oh my gosh, yeah. Right. Like I can place boundaries... Well, no, I'm learning to place boundaries, but I have a feeling that I could place a boundary with some people and they'll bulldoze right over it. Mm -hmm. So it's like how to uphold those boundaries with people who also don't know how to place or keep other people's boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough because it's like, what do they say? Accept it, change it, or expel it. (laughs) You know, it's like, okay, well, I mean, sometimes it's, you know, at the end of a long week, it's like everybody's expelled. Right. You know, you're, see you're you done. later. You did not pass the test. You're not on my list to move forward. Do not collect two hundred dollars and do not pass go. Go to jail. Exactly. And stay there. Right. Yeah, that's an interesting topic that I feel like we could dive way deep down in. Too deep. Too deep. Too soon. Too soon. For an intro. Yeah. Way too soon for an intro. Okay, so what? I always want to say what brings you joy. What's the... Oh, yeah. It's what gives you energy. What gives you energy. Yeah. Ties to it. What gives me energy? Okay, here's the thing. Like, let's try to go... Let's start this from, like, the opposite of what we said. Right? If something drains my energy... I see. What is the opposite of that thing? I like that. Right? So, Uh like, the, the topic you just brought up, like, having to put on... The hat and the mask and pretend. Right. So I guess what would give me energy in that aspect would be to surround myself with people who I can be comfortably myself. And um, I guess people who know how to hold their own and aren't going to expect me to do every little thing for them. Yeah. I wonder if we could, like, sum that down into just, like, authentic healthy connection nice right yeah because I know like I relate to that like when I'm around people like like like-minded people that um are healthy and supportive of me and I don't feel like I have to like put on you know the hat and the mask I'm energized by those people it's effortless it flows I don't I don't really have to put a ton of energy into showing up with those kind of people Yeah, that's interesting you say that. I think for me, it takes work. And I know that that could potentially be energizing to me. But in the space that I'm at, it's like, 
I very much depended on myself for everything. And so support from others didn't necessarily seem important. Or like mm-hmm. I got to a space where I was like, I don't really need other people mm-hmm. to, I don't know, exist or to come into my life and try to provide support. Right. Um, but now that I have it, um, I'm just learning on, I'm learning how to accept it and to be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a big journey. It's interesting though, because in order to find that like healthy, authentic connection with people, I have to be able to show up as I am. Right. Right. Otherwise the people that I'm connecting with, if I'm not showing up as myself and I'm not in touch with who I am and don't really know who I am, and I'm just going to be whoever, you know, mom and dad or family or friends tell me to be, I'm not going to find my people. Right. You know? Yeah. Because they'll only know the version of you that you're showing them. Exactly. Fake. Yeah. The stage character. Yep. And it's so exhausting. Like I vividly can recall memories of like going out with friends or going out with people and just like the night's kind of coming to an end and I'm like, oh, thank God. Right. And like remembering like when I walk through my front door, like my shoulders drop and I could just like be myself and relax. You know, I don't have to like be this other person. And just kind of thinking back to like, I bet everyone else just had a great night and they're dancing and talking and it's effortless and the best night. And I'm over here like exhausted from the evening, you know? Yeah. That's interesting you say that. I was watching a video the other day and it was basically this idea that extroverts gain energy from being around people and introverts, they lose energy from Mm -hmm. being around people. And I think it was just an interesting idea. Um, I don't know if I would be extroverted or introverted. I think I'm a little bit of both depending on who I'm around. Yeah. I feel like I'm both too. And like the older I get, I feel like the more introverted I become. Right. But also the older I get, I feel like the more authentic I become as well. And it's just like recognizing, for me, it's recognizing like I go out and I can have some fun, but like I also need to make time to recharge. Right. And I used to think of that like very negatively. Like, I just want to go, go, go and say yes and do all these things and show up and be a part of and not miss out on anything. But that time to like recenter and reset and figure out like what fills my cup. Right. You know, and what fills my cup in a way that's not dependent upon a social setting. Yeah. Or like someone else necessarily contributing to that. I think that's really important to, you know, find that in life. Right. Your version of self-care. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different types of self-care there. there is, right? There's like the physical self-care where you're going to eat healthy. You're going to drink the water and you're going to exercise. You're going to go on walks and get some fresh air. But then there's also like the social, emotional self-care where you're like, okay, I'm going to do some journaling. I'm probably going to go to like a yoga class or do meditation, Um, And then there's like the spiritual self-care where you have to, I guess, surround yourself in something, I don't know, spiritual. Yeah. Like prayer, meditation. Yeah. Journaling, that kind of stuff. Reading. That's interesting. I know my self-care that I do routinely is like take baths. Yeah. I just love baths. Nice. Take like three to four a week. Okay, why am I forgetting what drained my energy? Oh, people not listening. Yeah, fighting to be heard. Fighting to be heard. Yeah, that totally drains my energy. So like the opposite of that, 
I guess it actually kind of goes in line with what your opposite is, is like being around people that I can connect with authentically. That hear you. Or that are willing to listen. Yes. Yeah. Because those kinds of people aren't like railroading the conversation. Right. Right? Yeah. Those aren't my people. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they can be your people for like five minutes at a time. (laughs) Right. Sometimes. But yeah, that makes a lot of sense. What else brings us energy? What brings me energy? Okay, I mean, let's, like, I feel like we just have to, like, address, like, the basic, right? Like, without sleep. Okay, food, water. Food, water. And here's the thing. In, like, such a fast-paced life, sometimes at the end of the day, I really think to myself, like, man, I have to feed myself, water myself. (laughs) Water myself. (laughs) Take myself on the walk. Right. You know? answer the phone, do the job, like, all these things, like, it's so easy some days to get away from, like, did I drink enough water? Yeah. Did I eat decent today in a way that, like, nourishes my body? Yeah. You know, because it's very easy to just kind of stay up a little too late and roll out of bed and rush to work and hurry up and get everything done that you can, and then it's 2.30, and it's like, I'm starving, I'm going to go to Taco Bell. Yeah. And kind of, like, carry on my day through in that way. Yeah. You know, I my days go much better when I'm, like, prepared and intentional. Um, but, like, I've noticed if I don't prepare, like, I'm always going to default to that, like, 2 p.m. Taco Bell lunch. Right. And six cups of coffee and half a glass of water. Yeah. Which probably doesn't make you feel great at the end of the day. No, it doesn't. Yeah. You go to bed, like, thinking I have, like, an anxiety disorder or something. Right. What's wrong with me? It's not the six cup of coffees. It's just... No, those are, like, the 2 a.m. nights where I'm, like, I think my whole life's going to change starting, like, tomorrow. I'm going to be a new me. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, that's the night that I'm, like, scrolling through Instagram and I'm, like, oh, yeah, this, like, new skincare routine. That's what's going to do it. (laughs) Yeah, you know? that's what's going to change me. I know. I swear I spend the most money between midnight and 3 a.m. Dang. At online shopping. Yeah, it'll you get you. Yeah, and it is, it's always those nights that, like, it's after a long, hard day. You yeah. Know, where I wasn't being intentional about how I'm going to, like, support myself energetically. Yeah, that makes sense. Let's bring that full circle. Like, full circle. Back to the topic. <laughs> I think, like, a decent bedtime has always been something I've struggled with, though. Yeah. I think my, what do they call that? Like a circadian rhythm? I think so. Yeah. Mine is just, like, a wee bit off. Yeah. Maybe you're just meant to be nocturnal. I think I am, You're supposed to sleep through the day and stay awake through the night. I was born a moon child. Right. (laughs) You know? Who's to say? Who created this calendar? And said, exactly. okay, once the, once the sun goes down, we go to sleep. Yeah, exactly. And what is normal? Right. And to whose standards? And to whose standards? Right. Maybe they just decided we go to sleep at nighttime because they couldn't really see back in the day because there wasn't really <laughs> any lights, right? But then, lo and behold, electricity came along, but we're still stuck in this same cycle of, like, sleep at night, wake up in the day. Who knows? Yeah. Could be 
It's an interesting topic for sure. Yeah, and it's interesting that like if you sleep in, you're considered lazy. Right. But if you go to bed early, you're not considered lazy. Yeah. Like it's viewed as like boring res- or responsible. <laughs> or responsible. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, you're going to bed early so you can get sleep. Like that's responsible and a healthy choice. Yeah. You know, well, if I didn't go to bed till 3 a.m. And I'm waking up at 10.30 or 11 a.m. in the morning, and I didn't have any, like, commitments that day, then, I mean, that's a responsible, healthy choice, too. I'm getting my energy. Right. You know? Yeah. I don't know. What else do you feel like drains you? What else drains me? Um, busy work. Random tasks that I know don't necessarily need to get done in the way that they're supposed to get done. I guess in terms of work, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I know there are more simple ways to get certain things done, but you have to, like, follow the steps. um, Because the agency I work for, they're very tedious about the way things need to get done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Drains my energy. All the little baby steps. Yeah, like, monotony, basically. Yeah. The monotony. And then if you expand that out into, like, life in general, right, they talk about, um, well, one of my goals this year is to have, like, a better work-life balance Mm -hmm. and take a couple more vacations or just take time off work in general, you know? I feel like for the last two years, I really didn't take any time off and got totally burnt out Mm -hmm. uh, because it just became monotonous. Yeah. So... I don't know. I feel like that is important to, like, step away from that at some point. I mean, how does one find balance in the day, in the week, in the life? Right. <laughs> just gets so boring sometimes. It really does. Doing the same thing day in and day out. Yeah. You know what I was just thinking about on your last one, though, is, like, okay, wearing the hat and the mask, right? Like, what about when you're, like, dating, like like a first date right like what about it in particular well like you don't I don't know there's this like give and take with dating right like you don't put all your cards on the table like you're just getting to know somebody but like you're not gonna give or are you you know all of who you are there's this like hold back Um, yeah right that comes with that right I think that's interesting um yeah that's tough I know they say, like, first impressions are the most important, but I don't think that's true. Really? Why? Well, because everyone's first impression, they're trying to put on the front, right? Like, I'm, like, the assumption is that person is going to think that this first impression is the most important as well. So they're going to show up the best version of themselves, right? But then you don't really get to know people until you really start hanging out with them Mm -hmm. because then it's just who they are regardless of, like, them trying to put up that front. Yeah. So first dates, I mean, there's just a lot of pressure on it to show up as a certain person. Yeah. And people are going to do that. Well, it's like, I don't want to give you my best off the top. Like, (laughs) you know, like, let time, like, like, age like a fine wine or something. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to show up, like, you know. Why? Half. 50%. 50%. Maybe. 
And then, you know, like presentable, decent. And then, you know, if we're going to go on other dates, like I just start to look better and better. (laughs) I mean, that makes sense. You know? Right. Like put more and more effort into, you know, like I don't just want to give you everything all up front. Because then the next time you see me, I'm going to have to do the same thing or I'm not going to look as good as the first time you saw me. And who wants to walk into a second date feeling like that? (laughs) Right. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. I can see that from a physical perspective. Yes. Okay, that was totally physical. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's interesting. How long do you think it really takes to get to know somebody? I think it just depends on if both people are being open and honest. Um, Because I, like, in terms of friendships, I've, and for me personally, too, I'm probably part to blame, but, like, I've known people for years without ever really knowing them, you know? Um, And vice versa, like, people have known me for years but have no idea the things that I've gone through. So, like, who's to say who really knows who? Right. Um, But then I've made friendships that have, um, I guess, when, I don't know how to say this, I've made friendships with people who I felt like I've known more in the span of, like, five to six months than I have the friendships that I've had for years. Yeah, back to that, like, genuine, authentic connection. Right. And even familial, right? Like, how well do you really know your family members? Mm-hmm. How, how well do you know, like, how they cope with things? Or, like, what do they do when they're feeling down and out? Or, you know, who do they go to when they're, I don't know, feeling types of ways? Like, I don't know. Yeah. You just never really, really know a person. I always feel like, and that's so back to what you just said, you never really know a person. That's such an Alice statement. <laughs> We're going to start coining things like that on this podcast. That's so Alice of you. Trust nobody. <laughs> um, I always like to think, like, I'll know you when I see how you behave when you're uncomfortable. What if you never you know? see me in an uncomfortable situation? I'll never trust you. There we go. I mean, there's going to be discomfort, right? It's just to what degree. Right. So it's like when someone makes you angry or when you're jealous of something or you feel, like, threatened. Right. Or, you know, any of those circumstances that come up in life, you know? Yeah. So back to your question, though. Oh, what is it? Then how long does it take to really get to know somebody? Yeah. Because it depends, right? Like, if I were to hang out with you every day, all the time... Like, we would probably see those things in each other very soon, right? Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, you're always there to experience it. But if we're, like, seeing each other, I don't know, once every two weeks or once a month or every once in a while, like, chances are you probably won't see those different experiences. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So when you put that in terms of, like, dating... Right. And I guess it goes back to, like, what are you dating for? Are you dating for fun or are you dating for a life partner? Or do you not know? You know, and it's, like, in the perception of I'm dating for a life partner. Yeah. If that's what you're dating for, then there really is no, like, putting your toe in the water. Right. right? I mean, I guess there is, but you really want to try to spend a considerable amount of time. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Before marriage. Just to get to know somebody. Right. You know, and then if you're just dating for fun, 
I guess it wouldn't really matter if you got to know them or not. Right. Which is why, is it, do you think that's why most people just say screw it? It's like swipe left, meet up. Yeah. You know? Live in a, I mean, it depends on the route you want to take there. Of like saying that we live in a superficial society. Mm-hmm. It's a big statement. <clears throat> that is a big statement, yeah. But I'll stand by it. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, I mean, I can't judge society, right? Like, there's way too many people out there who have different intentions and stuff like that. But, like, in the dating world, a lot of people that I've come across... Mm, actually, I can't really say it because I'm one of those people. Wait, what? Of, like, not really being sure or being certain of what I want when I'm on the dating apps. You right. Know, or when I'm going on dates. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there are people I come across who are just wanting, like, a spring fling. Mm -hmm. Um, or who don't want things to be serious. And I think that's kind of the preface of dating apps, Mm -hmm. at least from my perspective. It's like very rarely will you find somebody who's wanting to be serious on a dating app. It's like a one in a million maybe. Yeah, and the ones that do want to be serious are like stage five clingers. Right. There's only something. <laughs> there's only, yeah, there's some serious, like, trauma there. It's like, right. oh, okay. But what about dating apps, though? I feel like it comes with a different kind of pressure than it would be to just meet somebody organically. That's yeah, funny. it is interesting because, like, as you're – okay, so I'm on a dating app, right? And so, like, as, as I'm sifting through and figuring out, like, what pictures I want to post and what prompts I want to say, like – I have it very much in mind that I'm, in a sense, competing. Right. Right? Like, I need to have a nice-looking photo. I need to have a cute, funny phrase. Like An attention grabber. Yeah. And it's like marketing and selling myself. But interestingly enough, like, if my intention in a day, you know, off of the internet, in my physical life, is to, like, meet someone, like, I'm going to get ready and, like, do my makeup and hair and put on clothes. So like in a sense, like does that not equate to like marketing myself as well? It does to an extent, but if you're in a season of like looking for someone, does that mean you're waking up every single day, putting on your makeup and doing your hair and dressing because you think you're going to find somebody that day? Or is it just momentarily? Right, because the dating app is kind of just like a moment thing, right? Like you've already you already have these pictures, you're posting it, yeah, and true. that's the intention. But like everyday life, like how often are you doing that? Yeah, I think it'd be really interesting if we could get like a survey of people and try to track back the moment that they <laughs> decided to do a dating app to sign up for one and yes. like. I'd be really interested to know, like, what time of day or night did you sign up for this dating app? Because for me, it's always been, like, 1 o'clock in the morning. Yes, right? same. Like, I'm just like, okay, I'm bored with my life right now, and, like, this is the new me. I need a little zest. <laughs> that I'm going to be tomorrow. Right. You know what I mean? And just interesting, like, if people could remember just, like, the circumstances of their life and, like, what motivated them and... I wonder how many stories would be like, oh, it was a great day. I, you know, woke up and went for a morning jog and had a great meeting at work and, you know, came home around four o'clock and decided today's the day to go on a dating app. That's interesting. It's interesting to see, like, where's the defining moment of someone deciding, okay, I want to be with someone now. Mm Mm-hmm. 
right? Or if that really is your intention of going onto the dating app, but like, where's the switch? Right. And what is the driving force? What's the motivating factors behind that? Right. And are they healthy? Are they healthy or is it coming from a place of being unfulfilled? Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yeah. And I think for me, that's, that's why, you know, whenever I get on these damn things, I just, it's like a one o'clock venture. Yeah. Where I can't sleep. You know, for me, it's, it's not always like the healthiest version of myself that is, you know, inquiring into this, but that's not to say that like dating apps are bad or, you know, that they're unhealthy because I don't think they are. But I just kind of noticed it's a, um, it's just kind of, you know what, back to our subject, it's kind of an energy drainer. It is. Yeah. In a way. Well, it's exhausting. Yeah, I mean, how many times can you answer the how's your day question? And My favorite color is blue, damn it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I even. Like, where do you work? How many Just, siblings do you have? Yeah. Do your family live around here? <laughs> I got to a point with dating apps. Um, you know, people ask, like, why are you on here? And it's like, well, gee, I don't know. Did you read my profile? Right. <laughs> but... I literally responded to one guy, and I was like, loneliness and desperation. (laughs) How about you? Did he respond? He did actually respond, and I, like, thought to myself, like, man, if this guy responds, I'm definitely not responding back. Like, who responds to that, you know? And his response was, well, I'm on here, too. (laughs) And so I think he, like, related to that. Ouch. I know. Like, well, we can't both be in this boat. <laughs> yeah. It's just not going to work. We can both be desperate and yeah. lonely. Like, One of us has to pull the other up here, bud. It's not going to be me. Uh, I'm kidding. I cringe at that, right? That's hilarious. Because, like, who wants to really be seen as, like, desperate? Yeah. But we all have that within us, right? Like, it right. is a cringy... I, I don't know. I cringe when I hear the Desperation. word. Yeah. Yeah. Um... You know, and I think that's that's an extreme version of maybe desire unchecked. Yeah, desire, uh, I don't know. Can turn I mean, into yeah. desperation. But is desperation maybe longing for something you know cannot happen? Is that what it is? You know what? Is that where that feeling is stemming from? Like the cringiness? Like why are you cringing at the word desperation? Because I feel like it makes me... Oh, what's a different word? I don't want to use that word. Um, Like at the mercy of someone or something else. Yeah. Like that means something or someone else has extreme power over me. Right. And I'm just this like lowly, desperate, yeah. powerless creature. Something you can't do for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like what's that guy's name on Lord of the Rings? Oh my gosh. I don't know. <laughs> but I know who you're talking about. Yeah. It creeps me out. Okay, so one of the things we like to do is we like to look up words and see what they mean. And I want to look up... Desperation. Desperation. Desperate. (laughs) And I just want to see... We like to look up words on Miriam Webster. She's great. She's so good. She's always proving us wrong. Yes. And always developing our knowledge of things that we thought we once knew and we... Actually, do not. Yeah. So, don't be too scared to open your dictionary app and look up a word here and there, you know? Okay, so here's 
the definition of desperate. It's having lost hope is one definition. Hmm. Suffering extreme need or anxiety. That's the one. That's the one. You don't want to be suffering extreme need or anxiety. Right. I'd rather be hopeless. <laughs> okay, but it kind of seems synonymous with hopeless. Does it, though? Let's see what Miriam defines as hopeless. Well, I guess if you're hopeless, you do have an extreme need. Having no expectation of good or success. Incapable of redemption or improvement. Mm-hmm. And what was the definition of despair? Um, you don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Something about anxiety? What's an extreme need, need of someone of... or something? I, yeah, I think it was an extreme need. <laughs> this is why Clearly, we have to return stick. <laughs> back to this is because we... we're distracted. <laughs> brain works most of the time yeah well gotta throw us a little break here it's our first recording <laughs> we should have wrote down the definition part of this podcast is going to be like showing up authentically as ourselves yeah we're not editing that out yeah i mean we're not just going to remember everything all the time right <sighs> anyways I'm put on the spot looking up definitions <laughs> so we're gonna move on Miriam did her job though Miriam did do her job we didn't <laughs> we did do our job we showed up authentically as ourselves <laughs> and that is job enough okay we'll take that we're giving permission to all the listeners to not have to be perfect there we go that is the message of hope that comes from that little exactly bump and in the road <laughs> if you really need to know the definition just rewind just rewind <laughs> we said it once exactly it's great that's hilarious um yeah what were we talking about desperation Making dating it. apps and how we don't want to be desperate yeah or show up desperate right how cringy that can be yeah hopefully people don't confuse desperate with vulnerability Oh, you know what I mean? Point. Yeah. Because it's like, I think there's so many expectations of how you're supposed to show up on a date. Um, and people like to dance around a lot. But it's like, if you're here for a reason, I'm here for a reason, and that reason's the same thing, then why would we hold back? Right? I mean, I say that rhetorically because I definitely hold back. <laughs> but I mean, like, if that's the intention here, why wouldn't you want to put all your cards on the table? This is what I have. If you don't like it, let's move on to the next because it's a lot of time and it's a lot of money going on dates if you really, really don't think that this is going to go anywhere. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, I wish I kind of had that courage, right, to just show up in right. that way. But I don't know. Like, trust is also earned True. in my world. Yes. So it's like, I don't know. Giving, and it takes time to even give and show all of your cards, mm -hmm. right? Like, I don't think that's even something that I could do in one single setting, but I'm always, like, checking out, like, are you a trustworthy, like, are you a safe person? Yeah. Are you trustworthy and safe? 
Yeah. You know? Like, I'm not necessarily going to, you know, fabricate a life that doesn't exist and lie to them, <laughs> right? But, like, yeah. I don't know. It's just so interesting. It is. Because then you think, then, well, what is too soon, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm going to show my cards, is this too soon or is that too late? Because I've been on dates where I've said things to people and they're like, well, I wish you would have told me sooner. And it was, like, day three. Date three. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't, like, where's the line? What is too much in the first few dates? You know, there's, like, no rule book. Mm-hmm. It's just person to person. Right. Right. Yeah, date three. Wish you would have told me sooner. <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't know you. Well, I also don't live my life on your terms. Right. So I told you when I told you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. But that is, like, a good example of, like, okay, do you just lay everything out? Not everything, right? But, but like, you know, a lot of stuff. I guess maybe the things that you know or that you think you know, people might not be receptive of, mm-hmm. right? Like, sometimes I have these feelings of, like, okay, and I may be wrong, like, right? That might just be my thought, but it's, like, I feel like these people or the person that I'm going on the date with probably won't like that I, I don't know, do X, Y, and Z. So do I lay that out at the table and say like, well, hey, this is, this is it. And if you don't like that, don't waste your time. Don't waste my time. Is it like, what are the things? Is it like, you know, I like snore and I wear a nose plug. (laughs) Well, what would be the thing that you would call a date off? (laughs) Snore? Mm -mm. Next. (laughs) Yeah. Or like I chew with my mouth open or like, I don't know. It's an interesting question. If you're brave enough to ask somebody, like, what's the thing that you've got the most complaints about in your life? <laughs> what you know? is the thing? Oh, I know mine off the top. You do? Yeah. What is it? Mine is, like, shutting down and oh. shutting off. I see. Yeah. That's, like, the biggest complaint that I've gotten in relationships. Interesting. So I can just kind of flip that little switch. And just turn on. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm grateful for that feedback, though, because honestly, like, part of my journey and part of the, the personal work that I'm doing and have done is that, like, to stay open mm-hmm. and to, like, live with, like, a softened heart and to have that courage to be vulnerable and stay vulnerable and not snap shut when I feel threatened or scared. Yeah. It's hard work. It is. It's really hard work. It's hard work. That's why. Ooh, it's heart work. I, I like that. that. <laughs> it's you. I know. I'm so cringy. Heart work it's is hard, hard work. work. Yeah. <laughs> because that, like, leaning into those spaces of vulnerability, like, that's where you're just exposed, mm-hmm. right? And you're open. And you're like, this is me. And the moment someone, like, slams the door shut on that, like, it's really hard to come back from. Yeah, and it very much feels like someone can, like, take a piece of my soul in that moment like if I don't if I don't shut this down like they're going to damage me or take something from me that like isn't even material right right so it's like very much dependent on how they receive the information that I'm giving them what they do with that and it's almost like I'm just giving them all this power yeah um that's what it feels like in the moment like a fight or flight moment yeah the threat is very real and it is life or death. Even though it's not, it feels like that. Yeah. And I think, you know, sometimes the same chemicals are released in your brain. For sure. Whether it's a real threat or a perceived threat. Perception the mind doesn't is really know so the powerful. Yeah. Yeah. 
So it's just like this practice, this continual practice and being okay with being, you know, messy and human. Right. (laughs) Like that's so weird is like, why do we live in a generation that's so afraid to be vulnerable? Mm -hmm. And again, like that can be traced back from ancestors, you know, like generational, Mm -hmm. I don't want to say trauma, but you know, like that's the way that our parents were raised and their parents and like so on and so forth, which is now like us. And we're dealing with all of these different things of like trying to navigate the world in an emotional way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. We are navigating the world in a much more emotional way than we once did. Like individually emotional. Yeah. Softer. Yeah. That's interesting. But I think everyone would want to do that. I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but I would say, (laughs) I think that, I mean, it's just natural to want connection. Mm -hmm. There, I don't think there's anyone in this world that's like, oh no, I hate connection. And even if they verbalize that or they vocalize that, or if they believe that, I don't think that's true. I don't think it can be true as a human, unless you're like a psychopath. But yeah, we're like, we're social beings. We have to. It's like part of our makeup. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? No, I agree. And, like, to have that connection, we have to be vulnerable. Or to have the healthy relationships or the connections, right? But there's always something getting in the way. Yeah. And I know for me, right, it's, like, kind of how we started this podcast off is, like, experiencing one end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so in this example, it's, like, experiencing what a toxic relationship looks and feels like. Right. You know, and, and having had that experience and figuring out what I don't want has empowered me to move towards what I do want. Yeah. So I feel like it's all useful, right? It's like the yin and yang. Mm-hmm. So it's like I need the lightness and the dark. I need the things that drain my energy and the things that bring me energy. Right. Because I won't know one without the other. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Because it's really easy to reflect back and be like, man, I have wasted some time, you know? Mm -hmm. But is it really wasted? No. I don't think so. I hear (laughs) someone always says, nothing's wasted in God's economy. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Quoted by, (laughs) quoted Quoted. from Carol. (laughs) It's not original. I heard it somewhere else. (laughs) It's original. (laughs) But I love that. Yeah. Because it's like, it's not in vain, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just so important to have, like, a purpose. That is true. And, like, I don't know, in past versions of myself, like, I can see and recognize that I have the capability to be an absolute monster, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think on my journey and path and... You know, that was absolutely necessary. Yeah. I didn't have the life where, you know, I was given a super stable home and parents that paid for college and bought me my first car. Just all those things, right? So, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, But I think for me, it's important that I've had the journey that I've had because... I know what I'm capable of on both ends of the spectrum to a certain degree. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's good you recognize that. Yeah. So if I didn't think that, you know, if 
if everything was wasted in God's economy and I wasn't able to use that experience that I have, Mm -hmm. you know, to maybe help others, it takes away from my purpose. Right. So it's like my past is then useful. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I feel like true character is just defined, you know, from where you at your lowest. What do you do with that? That is a good question. Yeah. It's not terrible to be at your lowest. It's like, what's your decision from that point? Right. You know? Yeah. I stand with those at the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) Just lay down in the depths of the abyss. Yes. It's necessary. I like that you said you needed to be those versions of yourself. Yeah. Um, Because looking back, like, it's always easy to be like, why was I like that? Why did I let those things happen? Or why did this, you know, like just questioning everything from the past. But it's like, yeah, I need, you needed to be that person. I needed to be that person. Mm-hmm. But the tricky part is when you're in that transition. Well, for me anyways, when I'm in that transitionary period of like that version of myself no longer fits where I'm going. Mm-hmm. And like learning to let that version of myself go in order to become different right like I can't walk around with the same mindset thinking that I'm going to be better because it's just not it's not feasible mm-hmm. so yeah just in this weird period of like trying to create this new version of myself while also letting go past versions of myself yeah yeah and like the the tools that we use to like keep us safe and protected from others right when you no longer need to use those, right? Yeah. When you're now in an environment with safe people that you can have healthy, authentic connection with, mm-hmm. but you're still kind of using the same tools to keep you right. safe and protected, but really it just keeps you separate. Yeah. And then you're kind of peeking over your own walls going, Is everything okay? Wait a minute. <laughs> right. I want to be a part of that, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. That's big. Mm-hmm. But it's also really hard. It is. To come to terms with that. That's a practice. It's just a little dance. It's like one day at a time. Right. Minute to minute. Minute to minute. Because sometimes safety can seem scary, mm-hmm. right? Or uncertain. Like, mm, a little eerie. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. That's... Do I really trust this? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. But yeah. What else have we got? I think that's all we got for today. I think that was a great chat. We covered a lot of stuff. We did cover a lot of stuff. Yeah, so join us next time. <laughs> we don't really know when that's going to be. <laughs> or what we're going to talk about next. You'll know when you know. You'll know when you know. <laughs> and we'll let you know somehow <laughs> when you see us. Bye-bye for now. Okay.